Welcome to this week's edition of the Regroup podcast, fresh off the back of Rally Germany with just Turkey, GB, Spain, Australia left to run this year. It may come to no surprise to many that Oit Hanak bagged yet another victory at Rally Germany, making it three in total at that event now over consecutive years. And of course, he ranks up the order in the championship standings now with a 33 point advantage over Thierry Neuville, who moves into second position and Auger dropping to third overall. The title fight still very much on, but it is massive advantage now to Oitanak as we head into maybe one of the hottest rallies of the year, Rally Turkey, which took place for the first time last year. We're back in action again in Marmaris this year. But before we get there, we're going to have a look at what happened in Germany, not just on the stages, but off the stages as well. There was lots of talk about the driver market for next year. And the man who's going to analyse it all, looking into his mystic Meg crystal ball and tell us what's going to happen next year, is Julian Porter. Afternoon, Jules. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm not sure about the big build-up. That's really <laughs> kind of like got me under pressure now, hasn't it? <laughs> Do you know what? Everyone says that when I give, give them a bit of a big build-up. I'm hoping you've got the crystal ball in front of you, though. Uh, right, naturally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just there gleaming away. I can't wait to use it. Oh, I wish we did have a crystal ball sometimes. It'd be so much easier because we talk so much about things that could happen. What if this? What if that? What if this happens? If we had the crystal ball, it'd be a lot easier, but a little less fun, I think. Uh, first up, Jules, what did you think of Rally Germany? Um, well, I, I said a few times over the weekend, it was a bit of a slow burner. You know what I mean? It kind of like, there were, it was like a game of chess, particularly on Friday, half a second here, half a second there. And mm. You kind of were like, this hasn't really ignited yet. But then when you were looking at the stage times, you're like, these guys are like, Tanak and Uville, they're only like two seconds apart, 1.5 seconds apart, one second apart. And you're like, everyone behaved themselves. It was so calm, so collected. I was just a bit staggered of, of how well behaved everybody was <laughs> for a rally Germany. And <laughs> I know what you mean. how calm everybody was. And it was like, kind of, come on, boys, spice it up. Whereas, realistically, the fight was going on. Everyone was on the absolute limit, but everyone was being super well-behaved. They were being well-behaved, you're right. And it was unbelievable to come to the end of the rally and still have everyone there at the end of it. Okay, we lost Tamey Soonan, didn't we, on Friday? But then he rejoined the rally, but there were no major offs. No one had a massive into the vines. It, it, It was... It was all pretty calm. Were you, were you surprised Tanak took a win again or were you expecting that? I don't think you can be surprised. I think Tanak could win every rally. I, well, along with side, alongside Martin and, and that Toyota at the minute, they are absolutely fantastic. They, they seem to be the only team that when everything's going right, they can win a stage straight away. Even when everything's going right with, with Neuville or with Ogier, they, they don't seem to have that ultimate pace or they just need Oit and Martin to make a small mistake to win a stage yeah. if you get, or they need to be on the absolute limit I don't think we saw in, in Germany even though White was coming to the end of the stage and we were thinking he was maybe flat out I'm unsure whether he was absolutely on the limit I have seen a couple of videos on social media and one of them in particular was just staggering it, the difference between Tanak and Neuville 
Tarek appears into sight as if his life depended on it and disappeared full sideways with not lifting, just a dab of the brakes to kind of get the car back in line. Neuville seemed to come through as if he was in road mode. The car was just like, and I'm thinking, what stage was that? Did Neuville have a problem? But yeah, he just, he just seems to be able to, I, I think it's like we've seen in the past with Ogier. I think there is another gear if, if, if I needed it. I think there is a little bit more. But I don't think we're seeing that because I think they're still slightly worried about this this fragile car they've got. We saw it; it, it kind of started to cause an issue, didn't it, right at the end? And who knows if that had appeared and manifested itself right at the start of Sunday? What would Tanak and uh, and Martin done? Well, we don't know, do we? So they had a little bit of luck there. And for those not aware of of what Julian is is referring to there, there was a brake issue for. Tanak on and I think it came into being on the penultimate stage yeah so Julian I, I think you're right you know if that had come into being at the start of the day on Sunday it might have been a very different conclusion to the rally but he managed to keep that under wraps didn't he at the end of the penultimate stage he didn't really let on that there was any major issue no I mean we're quite good at reading body language we were commentating on that stage on all live and, and we never kind of like Sometimes a driver pulls away and you kind of think, mm, not sure whether they're telling the truth there. Nothing crossed our minds. And it was no. only at the end of the rally when Molly said, you've just won your third Germany in a row. And he went, yeah, it's kind of bittersweet because I've got this problem. We're like, whoa, hang on, what problem? Where's this come from? When, when did this happen? And yeah, a brake issue, only one brake working on the front. So not ideal. Uh, came up, if there is a good time to come, it came at the right time. But um, it does just still give hope to uh, like Neuville, Hyundai, Ogier, Citroen, uh, and their and their respective co-drivers, that they just could be. You keep putting that pressure on Tanaka and the Toyota, and things might just go wrong. Uh, it just might let them back in, and it's a big lead that Tanaka's got, it is. but it's not unsurmountable by any standard. You know, one rally with zero points for Oit, and and a big rally for a Neuville or an Ogier. And they are back in it, you know what I mean? And, and that can happen. We've seen that where drivers have come away with virtually no points, having won one or winning the next one. So it, it's great. We're, we've still got, what is it, four rounds to go. Um, yeah, if it goes like it did in Germany, it could be over in a couple of rounds. But I'm not so sure. Tough rally coming up with Turkey. Very tough. And we certainly saw that for Ogier and Neuville last year. I think everyone remembers you know, the damage they did to their cars out on the stages and how we followed it on all lives. So it could all change around. But you mentioned Tanak's confidence and the fact you feel he could win every rally now. And I, th I think probably everyone who watches WRC is, is getting that vibe from him, this incredible at-oneness that he has with the car. It, it, it is incredible. And that's giving him this enormous amount of confidence. Funny story, one of the media zones we did, I think we did it together, Jules, you were interviewing some other drivers and I was chatting to Tanak. And one of the, the stipulations that our, our producers have sometimes is if, if the guys are wearing sunglasses, try and get them to take them off because they're reflective. And all you can see is either my big red face in, in the glasses, Julian's little face or Molly, whoever is doing the interviews. So I, I said to Oit, because he had these really big mirrored glasses on, I said, yeah, can, can you take them off? Bit of a favour, can you take them off for me? He just went, no. Nope. I was like, oh, come on, take them off. They, you know, they, they looked after. All you can see, I said, is my ginger head. And he was like, well, it's a good thing to see. I was like, no, if you could, that'd be great. No, I'm not taking them off. So I turned to his PR, Henry, and said, Henry, help me out here. And he was like, there's nothing I can do. 
So I turned back to Ogden and said, come on, just, just take them off. I said, it's so much better if the people at home can see your eyes because then you're not such a machine. You're, you're a human being. And he looked at me with the glasses on and said, I am a machine. <laughs> and I, at that moment, I thought, yes, you are. And then eventually, Jules, he did actually take his sunglasses wow. off. He took <laughs> them off. But it was kind of a, oh, OK, I'll do it take them off but he did do it but he's right he, he he there is a feeling right now that he's a bit of a machine yeah i mean we did an interview uh after the rally with oit and with martin uh separately and the the interview with martin was kind of about what their relationships like him and oit and things like that and and all of a sudden like the last year or so how oit has changed and particularly this year and he goes he says, yeah, he's just now totally believes in himself. He's got rid of those little issues that used to bug him and annoy him and, and things like that, that he just doesn't seem to have now. He doesn't seem to worry him anymore. And he, he just is. You, you just, in the VW days, like it would be who's going to finish second because it was, you knew yeah. all bar anything going wrong. It was Junior, it was Ogin and Grassi who were going to win. And it's a little bit like that now. You know, this, the sweeps take <laughs> inside WRC TV. You may as well not have a winner because everyone puts Tanak. You may as well just start with who's going to finish second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. <laughs> because it, it, they are so dominant at the moment. Uh, <clears throat> and yeah, they won't like it. But that, that, as we said, that slight fragileness that they have with, with the Yaris is still just giving us as fans... Uh, and as rivals like Ogier and Neuville, just that glimmer of hope of this car might just stop somewhere. Uh, and if it does, we've got to make sure we, we reap the biggest rewards we can if they do stop. And But, the, you know, he doesn't seem to be flat out right at this minute. Like Ogier never seemed to be flat out. Uh, Neuville at times, you know, he, he gets to the end of a stage and he's like, and you're thinking, where's that come from? Mm. Uh, and that's what that's what the greats do. You know, that's what the greats do. They they can come to an end of a stage and take seven, eight seconds out of someone and you've thought, how have they just managed that? You know what I mean? We've just, and they make it look so easy. You you watch Tanak Inkar, you watch Newville, both of them are very similar. Uh, very um, kind of uh, efficient uh, and energy saving inside the car. Roger's body language is a bit more moving around, uh, hustling his car a little bit more. But Oiton and Thierry really kind of at one with their machines. Seb, we know, frustrated in Germany. Uh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've seen him that frustrated for, for quite a long time. No. He, no. Came, I, he I, came out with some quite bold statements at the stage ends. And, you know, it, 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 for Citroen, it, it must have been a tough listen, Jules. It must have been a tough watch because, you know, regardless of of what Seb was saying, they could all visually see that that car wasn't on the money. And every single one of them has put in 100% work to try and get that car to the maximum that it can possibly achieve. And they must have had a good test because there was a fairly good feeling coming into Germany, but it just did not translate. I can imagine it was a painful watch. And Pierre Boudard said at the end of the, the rally they had homework to do. In fact, I caught up with Pierre. Let's have a listen to what he had to say after what was an extremely difficult rally for Citroën. First of all, uh, congratulations to Toyota. It's a great result for them. 
Uh, and on, on our side, uh, yeah, we still have a lot of homework to do. Um, for sure, uh, we are not in the situation we expected before the, the start. And um, yeah, drivers um, couldn't fight for, for the win and the podium, even for the podium. So I am a bit sorry for them. Uh, we have to work uh, even harder to make sure next time they will have a car um, able to fight. Well, that's it. I mean, obviously, Finland was good for them. You know, Lappi was back on pace. OJ wasn't far away. They've got work to do on tarmac. Yeah, they've got two days of Spain, but mainly the rest of the championship runs on tarmac. And as we know, and as Ike's words were in his interview after the rally uh, that he did with us, was um, it's not necessarily the fastest, but the smartest who will win Turkey. Uh, you are going to have to be quick, but you are going to have to be smart as well. There's not many smarter than Ogier and Ingrassia, you know. So I, I wouldn't rule them out now, but they need to start taking points out of out of out of Tanak massively. But and if anyone can do it, I mean, cranky, we went into to Turkey and last year and Ogier was nowhere really in the game, was he? Germany, Turkey, and then all of a sudden, yeah, he just piled the pressure on and just Neville just crumbled and just just. Got, he got it taken out of his hands and then I tried to have a go and that got taken out of his hands so you, you never you know Ogier will never give up he never gives up but yeah he was he was frustrated disappointed um, I think the the, the Esapeka Lappi would have absolutely been relieved to hear that Seb was having issues Um because there's some rallies where Ogier's been in the top two or three and EP's been struggling. Mm. and then But they were both struggling. And I think uh, EP would have found that as a nice kind of consolation. But, you know, teammates are going to be the big thing. We said it before, for, before Germany. Teammates gapping their championship, their teammates' championship rival. Exactly what Meek and Latvala did. They stuck themselves between Oit and Neuville. Even, like, you know what I mean, yes, yeah, Sordo backed off and let, let Neuville pass with the time penalty. But that gave him two points. Oh, he had his teammates sat behind him. Ten points advantage, you know what I mean? Absolutely perfect. And that's what they're going to do. Citroen will struggle because they've only got Lappi, even if Lappi's on form. Yeah, they've, they've only, only got, got one. They've, they've only, only got, got one. Yeah. And I think you're right. It, it, it is going to be now the teammates who are, are really going to come into the fore. And also, a slight silver lining for, for Ogier, Jules. It's not much of one, but he does drop behind Newville in the championship standings, which means he will have a better road position in Turkey. And Oit didn't start from first on the road last year, of course, did he? No, he didn't. No, he didn't start first on the road. Uh, that was Neuville last year. I've just yeah. been watching Turkey from last year and all of the drama that we had going on there last year. I mean, it was... Uh... It was incredible. And Oit was nowhere, really, at the start. He was right back. And it was the battle of the fittest, mind-wise, clever driving. As you mentioned earlier, he started to move up. People were having problems in front, pushing it a li little bit too hard on what was an extremely challenging event. And he was gaining and gaining. He was. Uh, I mean, I, I seem to remember because I was out on the, on the Friday morning at stages and he was particularly grumpy, was I? Just kind of saying that the, the pace is not there. We need to work on this. We need to work on that. And then all of a sudden, you take your 25 points. Here you go. Thank you very much. I was like, Tanak, see you later. And kind of thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, Mic drop. <laughs> that's it. Mic drop and I'm off out of here. Um 
but yeah, really, really, really strong. And uh, but we'll see. But yeah, teammates are, I think, the crucial thing now. Because if we take all teammates out of there, uh, or if everyone had a perfect rally, it would be a a, a, a Tanak Nouvelle, Auger, Auger Nouvelle, Tanak, whatever. It'd be, it'd be that would be a podium positions every weekend. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but you've got to start and get your teammates to help you, which Toyota have two, so do Hyundai. They have two. It'd be interesting to see what Hyundai do with their team selection over the upcoming rallies, your GBs, your Spains, uh, Australia, etc. It will be interesting to see what they can do. As you've pointed already out there, road position could come into this. You know, you go to Australia, you send a Sordo or a Breen as your number three driver, right out the back of the road order, you're going to have a fantastic position. Yeah. You're going to you potentially could be leading at the end of Friday, taking points off your championship rivals if you need it. You know what I mean? And all those kind of things will, will come into play. But I think Hyundai will come away from from Germany massively positive. Their car was right on pace. Yeah, they had those changes in Finland. Um, they weren't really at the races last year in Germany. They were at the races. If it hadn't been for that puncture. Big style, uh, it probably would have gone on oh, till Sunday, wouldn't it? Because it, it, it was it so close continued. between them. It would have continued. Even I was worried, and he has stated, I don't know whether he did it in the press conference, but I've seen a statement from him since, that he was ready to accept second. Yes, he said it in the press conference. Yeah, he, he thought they were coming. They just kept coming on Saturday. They kept coming at him, coming at him. And he was like, I'm not sure whether I can do anything about this. You know what I mean? Um, but And then you, you start analysing the wheel changes. A minute and 12 or something for Newville, a minute and 22. Insane, yeah. D Jack Benyon from Autosport had put those times yeah. up on, on Twitter this week. And we knew they'd been quick changes, but my goodness. And, and you know that the, the thought process that goes into it, it's not just the changing of the wheel and tyre. There's all sorts that goes into it. Right, we've got a we've got a tire which is losing pressure. They all have tire pressure monitors on their dashboard, like you do in your road car if you've got a recently new one, and it, it flashes up. You've got a tire, you've got tire pressure loss in whatever tire. So then, let's say it's a, a I can't remember which one it was for Newville. I know Ogier's was a front left. So you immediately have got right in your thought process. Let's go with Ogier because I know it was a front left. I can't remember what Newville's was now. He's got to stop somewhere where on a wide enough road where other cars are not going to be hindered, he's got enough road to park not right on the edge of the road, where which is flat, and they can jack the car up and work on that car. And as soon as you see that tire pressure monitor light, light up, losing pressure, you're thinking, what is it, front, left, right? Okay, I need to park in a perfect situation on the left-hand side of the stage but a metre away from the edge of the road so we can work on the car on somewhere that's flat. And this is all going through your head while still listening to your pace notes, while still watching the road of where it's going to come. And you're thinking, hang about, there's a corner coming out. I know, that, I know there's a long straight. And that's exactly what Ogier did on the long straight, pulled over. And we all just think it's a case of, well, we'll just stop here. And there is thought process going in very, very quickly of you don't want to be changing the wheel on, for example, Auger, on the right-hand side of the road, where cars are going to come whizzing past you on the racing line, and you're, you might have to stop doing work as the car comes past. You do it off the racing line. 
you can continue to work on that car. You've then got to find somewhere flat so you don't have to find a stone to chock the wheel. You know the jack's not going to fall over mm. when you're jumping in the back of the car trying to get the spare wheel out. All these little things come into play. And you saw how quickly both of them stopped from the, the moment they discovered they had tire pressure loss that they were going to stop. And really, really quick. Interesting thing I heard from a new villain in an interview I did with him was, was he felt he had the puncture before he even started the stage. Yes, and that, it was just after the, the short arena panzer platter. Yes. That would have come in then before he headed into yes. the 40 kilometres of, of the big mama panzer platter. Yeah, he, he said on the road section the car felt unstable. They checked all the dials, all the, te all the pressures. Everything felt fine. And where he stopped to change his tyre, I think, was only about 1.8 k's in. Now, that is pretty quick to, to just to get a puncture and notice it if you get what i mean yeah uh, he but i still don't know whether they found out we may need to find out in turkey but whether no no because he said it could be anything it could be a valve i don't think they could actually see anything we had a lot of of, of of footage of them checking that tire he spun that tire around three or four times and four or five people couldn't see a hole uh so maybe it was a valve issue or something like that not sure that tire was going to go away for analyzing yeah and i'm sure we will hear all about that I, away from our, our championship top three now then let, let's talk about the top three in the rally itself we've we've talked about oit chris meek and yari matty latvala taking a podium the first podium of the season for for meek and the first podium with seb first podium with toyota and much awaited jules because there's been the possibility of a podium for him on so many different events and it hasn't happened finally they're part of a toyota one two three as well so a special event for meek and seb yeah and, and an event he's gone well on in the past but as you said i mean to be fair crystal admit it there could have been three or four podiums already before this one uh, and probably should have been um but there wasn't and he he now made this one pay and and looked pretty relaxed and pretty calm. I think I only saw one moment uh, from Meek uh, on his onboard camera footage that we've been scanning through. But, yeah, Chris, what he needs now is a steady run in Turkey, another podium, because at the minute, Tommy's not sure what he's going to do. But Tommy's got to wait to what Ike does. Because there's no point in getting rid of Meek and Lampler until well, you know you've got Tom, until yeah, you know you've got Oit. The, we're, <laughs> we're, we're venturing into next year now, and it's something we massively talked about during Germany, yeah. especially when, when Malcolm Wilson put his hand back up and said, oh, hold on a second here, I'm still pursuing Oitanak. And, you know, very much so, to the, to the point that we, you know, Oit was witnessed heading into M Sport during the rally. Now, you know, according to Malcolm, that was pretty innocent enough. He had a meeting with him, with Marco Martin, who is looking after Oit. They are running, obviously, their own team with our fives as well. But anything could have been discussed in that meeting. And, and you're right, when we spoke to Tommy, he wasn't 100% sure. He wants Oit. Of course he does. He wants Oit. Malcolm wants Oit. I think Hyundai still want Oit as well. Uh, but until we know what Oitanak is doing, everyone else is on a little bit of a pause, aren't they? It's it's exactly like it was with Ogier. Every year we've been waiting for Ogier yeah. to move. It's always been, we have to wait for Seb. Once Seb's decision is done, it all factors into place. Well, for what Meek and Latvala have to do now is is show Tommy that they've got the goods to deliver consistent performances next year. Because now Toyota have shot up in the manufacturer's standings. They're what, just a handful of points now. Yeah, seven or something, is yeah, it? Something it, like it that? It really isn't much at all behind Hyundai. I, I... That's it. Chris, Chris and Yari, 
they, they had really strong rallies. You know, I mean, to be fair, Finland was very, very strong. And you analyse what happened in Finland between Meek and Latvala. Latvala hit that stone so much harder than Chris did. And Chris didn't get away with it. Chris mm. makes luck, whatever, you know what I mean? But they, they've both been strong the last couple of rallies. They both need to consistently now just kind of back up ice, as you say, get those points uh, and, and see what goes on. You know, I mean, Chris Meek and Yari Matin, proven rally winners in the past. They, they yeah. should be on every team shopping list. They really should. They should be. They can deliver wins. They can yes. deliver pace. The, the problem with them both this year has been the consistency mm. of their point scoring ability. And, and that's the only downside to them because we know how quick they both are. And when they're absolutely on the money, and we've said this time and time again, Jules, before, they're a complete joy to watch. When everything is going right for them, they are a complete joy to watch out on the stages. It will be fascinating to see what happens next year. And we'd love to hear from everyone out there as well. You know, who do you think is going to go where next year? We have nearly all the field of drivers, it seems, apart from, well, Citroen, Ogier and Lapier are in contract for next year. Newville is in contract for next year with Hyundai. And Loeb will be at Hyundai next year. We know that. But uh, uh, for anyone else, it's game on. Everyone else is out of contract. Yeah. So we'd like I, I to hear it... from you out there. Use that hashtag WRC Live on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and we can see what you're talking about. But where do you think everyone's going to go? It's a difficult one to predict right now, especially when Mackinnon was talking about the future and the youth and, and bringing the future on because, you know, the name that's flashing up in big neon lights to everyone is Kalle Rovenpera. There's still a denial from Mackinnon that he is signed. He said everything is still very open with regard to next year. But the rumours have, you know, they come from somewhere, don't they, Jules? You know, we don't just oh, talk right. about it for exactly. a reason. And, you know, uh, Timo Yoki is sat in Toyota so much, even though he looks after Sunanen and, and people like that and Robin Pe he just seems to hang around Lassie Lampy a lot. And, and, and Tommy, remember, he did mastermind Tommy's career, you know what I mean? So... He goes and sits next to Tommy a lot. You see him in the background of a lot of shots. But, you know, someone else, maybe not next year, but in my super dream team, <laughs> if I had multi-million pounds of, of money to run a world rally team, uh, or if I was a, a driver manager anyway with a, a bit of backing, I would sign Oliver Solberg into my management team. Straight away, I'd sign Oliver Solberg because you might not even – he might not even – Get into a seat from your doing. Someone might buy him out of your contract with you and you can make money out of him. Because Solberg is somebody, as I said, maybe not for next year because he's still not done a world rally, but he is so good yeah. as well. Uh, the way he conducts himself, just the performances. You know, he came into the European Rally Championship one first time out. He's then dominating in Estonia. He goes to America, wins rallies in America. All you can do is beat everyone that's around you. People might say, oh, well, they're, they're, that championship's not strong. Or that rally didn't have a very good entry. doesn't matter. You've still got to win it. Exactly. You uh, still have to win and, it at the end of the day. And we've got a lot of bright, a lot of bright futures around. You know, Oliver, Cali Rovenpera, Gryazin's fast. When you start looking through, Lube's had a great year. There is, there is some people out there, youngsters. Because uh, at some point, when we know Ogier is going at the end of next year, there is going to be not a shortage but we are going to have to start team managers are going to have to start taking a couple of gambles 
Yeah. In the next year, in the next year eight, yeah, they are going to have to bring people in. So it's a good time to be a youngster uh, right now. You mentioned um, Timo Yoki there, and I think something maybe a lot of us are missing here as well, or not missing, we just haven't really discussed it, because a lot of people have been very focused on Calais Rovenpera, is that he's looking after Temu Suninen as well. Mm. Temu is hot property right now. He delivered, I thought, a brilliant performance in Germany. It was a real shame they had that electrical issue um, on Friday. It was the flyby wire. Yeah, first, first stage, Friday yeah, morning. First stage. Because the performance he delivered on tarmac, I thought, was brilliant. Off the back of a really disappointing Finland for him. But his performances on gravel have been great all year, bar the one at home, which I'm sure was massively disappointing for him. But, you know, he, I'm sure, will be on a lot of people's lists as well. Is Tommy looking there also? Do you know, Jules, we could talk about this all day. But if you were going to put Oitanak, I'm going to put you on the spot now. If you're going to put him in any team next year, Toyota, Hyundai or M Sport, as our wrap-up question... Where are you putting him? Man. Like Come on. If I'm honest, I don't really see him moving. Okay. But I'd love to see him go back to, to M Sport pure and simply for the championship, because then that would bring them right back into the game. But as Tommy Mackinnon stated this week in a in a press article I've seen, he's he accepts Oit's gonna take his time because this is a massive decision now for Oit. Yeah. How how long will Oit Katanak continue? He's already said to me in an interview in Argentina this year, he doesn't instend, intend to stay around for years and years and years. He, he, I, I don't know. If he was to sign a two- or three-year contract, that could be it. That, this could be Oit's final contract, even though he's still young. I don't think Oit wants to travel the world forever and ever and ever. You know, he doesn't seem to kind of need the massive luxuries. He's got enough money. You know what I mean? Mm. One, one big final two- or three-year deal could be it for, for him. I, I might be totally wrong. But, you know, he's already been around 10 years when you start to think about no, that, it. That's true. You know, his, you know, his first WRC event was in 2009. Yeah. So does I, is I looking for the next three years of his life and then that's it? Now, he's going to get more money, as we know, out of Toyota. Uh, but does he want to kind of build something? So ultimately, putting you on the spot here, you're oh, saying man. you were saying at the end of the day, ultimately he's going to stay at Toyota. Is that what you're telling me? I think he will. I okay. think Toyota will win that fight. <laughs> okay. Well, we will have to wait and see on that score. Julian, thank you very much for joining me. Have to get on now. We're catching up with Seb Marshall as well, uh, Mr. Porter. I will see you in Turkey. Yeah, can't wait. See you in Turkey. Hi, I'm Yari Matilatvala. Hi, I'm Seb Marshall. Hi, I'm Alvin Evans. Hello, I'm Malcolm Wilson, and you're listening to Regal. Well, we've had a really great chat with the guru, Julian Porter, even though he wouldn't really fully commit to uh, next year's driver lineup. He kind of did in a way, but not absolutely. We'll forgive him for that, and we'll move on, and we'll catch up with Seb Marshall, who is co-driver to Chris Meek. They got their first podium of the season back in Rally Germany, which we've been discussing at length with Jules. It was a great result for them there. It was a great result for the team for Toyota with a 1, 2 and 3. And Seb joins me now. Rally all done and dusted. Seb, you're back home for recovery. I say recovery. You've told me you've done over 100 Ks on your bike today. Uh, but how are you feeling after the Rally Germany result? Yeah, um, obviously Germany was uh, a fantastic result for the team. Um, as you as you mentioned, a one two three, it was really something quite special to be a part of that. And um, 
Uh, and then also we had a, had a factory visit at uh, TMG in Cologne the day after, which sort of was the icing on the cake, really, to, to see all the guys that are putting in so much hard work to make sure we're able to achieve those kind of results. So, yeah, it was a, a fantastic weekend all round. Um, a bit stressful at times um, with the, the likes of Panzerplatte as notorious, uh, you know, sort of uh, reputation. But, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a great weekend all in. I bet that visit to TMG was fascinating. Was it the first time you've been there or not? Yeah, for, for myself it was. Um, and, uh, yeah, obviously we've got the chance to look around their, their museum of numerous um, uh, rally cars from uh, back in the 80s all the way through to their uh, present day stuff. And then every F1 car they've made, all the Le Mans winning cars. And, yeah, it was kind of a real cool experience that. And then looking around the the, the sort of the, the actual nuts and bolts of it, their wind tunnel and all the, the machine shops where they where they build the engines for the for the Toyota WRC Yaris WRC and yeah it's mind blowing the uh, the amount of people there and, and just how yeah. technologically advanced it all is certainly uh, well above my <laughs> well above my head <laughs> the wind tunnel would be the place I'd want to go and have a look at to be honest in operation I'm fascinated by that completely so that would have been something that I would have got well into but I can imagine it's it's pretty amazing to look around you're a privileged person Mr Marshall not many get the chance (laughs) not many get the chance so uh, Germany's done and uh, you know it is great to see you guys on the podium and we discussed it at the final press conference there were opportunities uh, and you know it's not exactly a secret there were opportunities for you guys to get on the podium before that point at this year it just hasn't worked out was was there a massive sense of relief that it did work out this time yeah, I think um, to be honest, that was that was probably one of my overriding emotion. Um, it wasn't it wasn't sort of initially joy or delight at being on the podium. It was just a whew, right, okay, um, we we finally got there. Um, and like you said, whether it was through uh, through um, a sort of you know, punctures or mechanical issues or, or ourselves making mistakes, you know, we squandered a couple of opportunities earlier in the year. Um, but okay, um, we never kind of never kind of gave up hope of, of being able to achieve that kind of result and. Yeah, it was it was nice to sort of finally get that box ticked and not the monkey off your back, but it's it's just it takes a little bit of pressure off and and, uh, and of course you can now go into the final four events of the season, really focusing uh, on uh, on helping Oit and, and of course Toyota to claim the manufacturers. Now, interesting, you should you should mention that because we've just been talking about with with Jules the teammates teammates this year and how much they are going to factor in possibly you know deciding the outcome of, of the championship title going into the final few rounds you know, how important do you feel as a teammate with regard to assisting Oit? I mean he's got a good lead in the championship now it's 33 points over Newville but it's still the teammates which are going to come into play massively with separating the others yeah absolutely I think you know it's quite clear to see that Obviously, the, the the team leaders of uh, of, the, of the three you know the three guys with Oit, Thierry, and, and Seb are, are perhaps a, a step above and um, above the rest. And, and yeah, obviously the, the sort of their rear gunners are, are being called upon to help out wherever possible. Um, obviously, for us it, thus far, it's almost been the case that Oit's always been ahead of us. So perhaps we haven't been able to assist uh, like some of the other teams have done with with switching drivers around. But by the same token, it, it, you're also there to deny points from, yeah. from from the others, of course. And and yet by okay, even with uh, with Hyundai switching uh, Sordo and, and Neville, there was Yari and ourselves still there to make sure he wasn't scooping a massive points haul in Germany. And and yeah, I think it's that's the, that's the, the key to it really. Um, you can't control anything that uh, 
that the other drivers are up to. So you've just got to concentrate on your own own position and and make sure that you're you're in the in the mix there to be able to to help Oit in in whatever way possible. And of course the the, the double sort of bonus to that is that you're you're also helping out Toyota with uh, which you know it's it's a it's a uh, an equal equal goal of course. Yeah, it's a tight battle in the manufacturers now. It's Hyundai still ahead, but what is it eight points? Toyota are behind now, so <laughs> yeah. There's um okay, it, it, it's it, there's such small margins between it, and even though we had a, a one two for the for the manufacturers' points, Hyundai there were scooping a three four, so it, we we pulled back a, a fair chunk, but it's it's not uh, it's not an easy task, and um and yeah, I think okay after Sardinia, where you know it's fairly obvious we had some some issues on the final stage and dropped a big bag of points there. The gap I think going into the summer break was forty four points, yeah. so. Yeah, it's obviously very satisfying to have, have pulled that back to eight, but we're well aware that you know it, the momentum can shift on, on uh, in, in a split second. Um, so you've got to maintain that focus the whole way through, and okay, hopefully we can uh, prevail like uh, in similar circumstances to last year, where, where Toyota came from behind in the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an exciting run into the conclusion anyway. I think it is going to be a really exciting final few events for us. Um, you know, we head into Turkey, which was a really demanding, challenging event, a great addition to the calendar last year. And of course, you know, are we going to see deja vu this time? Will we see Oit again take another win? He did the Finland-Germany-Turkey thing last year to really propel himself right into the mix and heading into the the final round in the mix for the for the championship title, you were there, of course, in Turkey last year with Hayden Padden, and it was a podium position for you. It was third overall last year. You know exactly what a challenge Turkey holds. How much are you looking forward to it this time? Yeah, it's it's probably one of the the toughest events on on the calendar now, um, just in terms of the nature of the stages are very very slow and technical, very rocky and rough. So it's really about um, you know preserving looking after the car it's definitely one of those events um and i remember i think either saying in the press conference or at least afterwards that it's a real tortoise and the hare kind of uh, kind of rally um, it is it so is that was a great analogy i love that you've, you've yeah you've just got to be sort of hold yourself back in some ways and i think at the end of uh, end of friday last year <clears throat> myself and hayden were in sixth i think Oit was uh, was fifth place you we were talking about earlier and and yeah it's it's one of those things. Oh, I need to push fast. I need to push fast, push more. But it's it really rewards the smart and clever approach to that rally. Um, and okay, it's a, it's an event that obviously Chris wasn't at last year, so I've got a bit of a, a prior prior knowledge to sort of impart in that regard. And okay, I'm sure everyone now having having been there for one year has has a similar a similar idea in mind. Um, but uh, it, it's just one of those events where. You've got to be very respectful. I think is, is perhaps the word. Um, yeah. You you really have to treat treat each stage with uh, with respect. You know, the, it's as is the case with with pretty much every rally these days. It's it's not so much one on out and out speed, but rather who makes the least mistakes. Whether that's punctures, you know, sliding off, damaging components, whatever it might be. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a massive, massively tough event for. For the car and, and for the cruise as well, with the in, so it's always flipping hot there, and yeah, there's no airflow because it's so cold, <laughs> so, so so slow. Sorry, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's not an easy rally. Flipping hot, it definitely is. I remember it last year; it was kind of unrelenting heat, and we were just you know in the service park 
doing our kind of work and the, the fastest we move is running around interviewing you guys so you can't even begin to imagine what it actually feels like in the car and as you mentioned the speeds aren't hugely high so there isn't that airflow coming in I, you know, I talk to drivers all the time about how they get themselves ready for the events and you know the fitness levels have to be absolutely up there to be able to deal with with these kind of situations when you're basically in a very fast moving sauna uh, <laughs> for, for you Seb you, you were telling me earlier before we started this that you know you're you're biking tomorrow you're doing a ridiculous amount of kilometers you're doing a rally's worth of kilometers on a bike tomorrow is is this the way you keep yourself at you know top of your game in terms of fitness pretty much yeah well certainly certainly from a kind of uh, an endurance point of view that's that's my sort of chosen way of uh, of keeping myself in shape um it's uh it's also my kind of escape as well. I do love getting out of my bike. It's uh, nice to sort of clear the, clear the head a bit and, uh, and just sort of disconnect from uh, real other pressures of the, of the rallies. But um, yeah, it's it's a huge part of it now. And I think, um, okay, perhaps for the dri- drivers more than the co-drivers, but you see how they need to be uh, able to cope with these, particularly I think the longest stage in Turkey is 38 kilometres. And because it is so slow, it'll take the best part of half an hour. Um and we saw last year, I, I seem to recall a couple of times, where if you've got to be fighting with the car, if you've got to puncture or damage the power steering or something, it's yeah, it's, it's probably one of the hardest workouts you could ever have um, for the drivers. So it's yeah, it's a very sort of important factor these days, and uh, all the all the crews in the service park are uh, are all in pretty good shape. Yep, they certainly are. They absolutely, but everyone needs to be now because, as we see. Everything is down to such small margins now that everyone has to be at the top of their game with regard to absolutely everything. I'm sure your preparation for, for the coming event now in Turkey, it's not a case of, oh, I'll just have a quick look at the maps, note a few things down, turn up at the event and go for it. You guys are constantly preparing, putting things into place to make sure that you are doing absolutely everything you can because you can't let any element slide these days, Seb. Not that I'm saying people used to in the old days, but it seems to be the work ethic has got more as the years have gone on. Yeah, I think think you're right there. Um, It's it's one of those that you can't leave any stone unturned. And I think it's perhaps across the board in all sports as well that, you know, there's there's the, these buzzwords, isn't there? They're like the marginal gains and and this kind of thing. And it, it's it, it, it's kind of it sounds a bit cliched, but it, it does work. You know, um, you go into these events having done your research, done your homework, and it makes it take, makes you more relaxed. So you perhaps can perform there better if you know what what you're in for. Basically, yeah. um, the drivers obviously will be watching countless onboard videos from last year and recce videos from the organizers of, of the couple of new parts of the stages you know for, for the co-drivers it's you know detailed detailed looks through the road books the maps and yeah, it's it, it's kind of perhaps hard to get across just how much time you spend before the event uh, sort of doing all that preparation and not that the event's won there but it's certainly you know it certainly contributes to the result um and i think it, it's one of these <laughs> Some drivers perhaps enjoy it more than others, but but everyone's got to do it because if you're everyone because everyone else is, you know, and you'll be left behind if you're not there, putting in the hours and uh, and making that extra preparation. It is going to be a, a busy event for you because even though you were there last year, it's with a completely different driver now, completely different set of notes, so it's brand new from scratch 
on the get-go when you get there on recce. You'll have a blank sheet of paper in front of you, essentially. I, I will, yeah. I think the, the recce of Rally Turkey for me is probably going to be the hardest of the year because, uh, okay, as it, as it was in Chile for, for, for everyone, um, yeah, we've got the best part of, you know, three over 300 kilometres of stages to write brand new pace notes for. And my prior experience tells me that I certainly can't use the notes that I've written in the car on the recce. So I'll, uh, due to the rough nature of the stages, I should be... <laughs> spending some late nights at the hotel rewriting everything so um yeah okay that's that's part of it and perhaps for me <laughs> once i get to thursday maybe my event will get slightly easier actually but uh yeah it's um it's a huge huge challenge to and to undertake to uh, to go to an event with everything new but um yeah it's i think it is it, it adds something to uh to the championship when we get these new events we saw it with Chile this year potentially maybe some more next year um so uh, yeah i think it's it's a good thing oh you're teasing us there seb you're teasing us with the potential for next <laughs> you, you, year you'll have a much better more idea than i will but uh, <laughs> i know you'll just hear a few, a few little bits here and there don't you? <laughs> yeah everyone does there's lots of chat about it at the moment i'm sure it will all reveal itself in a few weeks time uh, tell me then you know looking back across the season i know there's, there's there's been tough moments along the way but what's it been like as an experience for you alongside chris and and within the toyota team itself yeah i think uh, obviously you know when i when i joined the team in uh, back in january there was there was a lot of new things to uh, to take on board new new particularly monte carlo was for me the first time i'd done the rally new driver with pace notes new team new car so yeah, okay, I'm experienced enough. It wasn't too much in at the deep end, but there was still a few uh, uh, and a bit of anticipation before the start. But it's it's been a really enjoyable experience. Um, you know, Chris and I gelled very quickly. Um, even towards the end of Monte Sweden, it felt like we've done many rallies together rather than just just the one or two at that point. Um, and of course, you know, working with Toyota, this uh, clearly you don't win the manufacturer's title without being uh, a really cohesive and and fantastic team with a great sort of working environment um there's a few guys who i know from previous teams working with uh hyundai so that that was kind of nice to go into the into there and have some familiar faces and yeah, yeah it's like i said it's just been a, a very straightforward experience from from my, my perspective and yeah i think that that sort of comes across as well that it's quite a harmonious environment and and yeah it, it's that's how you can see the, the result of that with the, with the success that they're, they're having. We were talking pace notes on All Live during the weekend and we were kind of fascinated slightly, uh, well, not slightly, a lot fascinated by Dan Barrett's pace notes with, with Tacker because he was bringing in, first of all, we were, we were just listening and obviously pace notes in English and there were some random words coming in which we thought, well, they sound a bit aggressive. Kill Junction, Hammer. <laughs> and, and, and there was another as well. I, I've, I've forgotten what it is. And we were like, I thought, God, Dan's got awfully aggressive in his notes. And of course, it was just a bit of Finnish language stuff, which was coming in there with Hammer, which was deceptive. And Kill Junction is just, you know, slow the speed. Um, but we talked about, you know, the co-drivers over the years kind of making changes, making or changing symbols, making things a bit easier for themselves. Um, and I know that you'd kind of created your own little symbols for various things. Has that continued on? Are you still uh, expanding that within your notes? Yeah, I think it's something that I've always found quite interesting um, is obviously every time you, you go to, to work with a new driver, 
certain things are fairly, fairly obvious. You know, if if they've got a, a four left, it's a, a four L written down, but and opens is tightens are fairly generic across the board. But every yeah. driver's then got these extra words, like you say, with with Taka there or Chris had quite a few new things which I had to develop some symbols for. And and yeah, I actually really enjoy that process, um, trying to sort of doodle across pages and dream up these new symbols because <laughs> I think it's one of these as well that as, the, as the, the, the vocabulary of the driver in terms of what words they like to hear on the stage expands um, you can end up with some quite lengthy words but there's a lot of options basically and um, and I, I always quite like to kind of minimize the amount of words I have to write out for, so it's got a sort of twofold basis really obviously if you have to write it it takes longer on the recce so if the driver that can disrupt the rhythm of the driver driving at the speed that he's comfortable with it also takes up more space on the page and and uh and yeah i think <laughs> one uh, slightly quirky thing i remember i can't remember which co-driver it was but about 10 or 15 years ago someone was telling me ah you always need to have lots of symbols because then no one can just jump in and uh, and read your notes <laughs> without you asking <laughs> what the code is you know to the hieroglyphics so uh <laughs> It's, it has code. many purposes, yeah. But um, but no, I think there's, there's there's a huge amount of variety across there, and then obviously that's for us. That's just from listening to the English notes. I'm sure the yeah. Finns, the French, the Belgians have have equally uh, just as many um, quirky words here and there, and uh, and and the co-drivers all have their their shorthand notation to 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 sort of give that information. But yeah, I, it's something that's perhaps a bit of the hidden hidden part of it, really. But something that, yeah, something I really enjoy. Yeah, it's one thing I, I've loved about All Live this year is when we're on board with you guys and we've got a nice stretch of road and we just listen to you. And obviously I can understand what you guys are saying, so the English note's great for me, but I get lost completely with, with you know, but lost in, not in a bad sense, in a good sense, with, with Carlos Del Barrio and his flow and the way he talks and the, the words he uses. And we've got translations in for various bits, so you know what he's saying. And it's the same with Martin Yarveoya because his tone is so completely relaxed through the whole stage that you, you could almost go to sleep listening to him. <laughs> I mean, obviously, oh, it doesn't. But, you know, and, and you pick up little words and I've, you know, asked, nook is a, is a word they use a lot and it's crest. How do you note hug? Is it just hug because it's such a short um, word? Or? Yeah, with, with that one, I haven't actually developed a symbol. But, yeah, I just write H-U-G. Um, but... Yeah, that's there's a, there's one we a... notice with Chris a lot is hug. Yes, hug, and uh, but it's even one of these the strange things that certain rallies will have it a lot more than others. Um, yeah. there's, there's subtleties and differences in how you'll use things on tarmac versus in on gravel, and and yeah, like 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 you say, there's each co-driver's got their own sort of style, and um, and that's okay. It's partially uh, just how they how they go about things, but also you know the drivers perhaps require. Some, some are quite happy with the quite laid back, quite calm, clear, concise instructions. Others like to have that slightly more revved up, exciting, right? Okay, this is kind of what's going on next and look out for that. And yeah, it's it, it's kind of really um, intriguing part of it. It yeah. perhaps gives more of an insight into, uh, into the sort of personality of the driver, perhaps, rather than the co-driver. But did, uh, did, did Chris give you any instructions at the start? Did he say, you know, I want it read in a certain way? or Not so much. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I'm perhaps more at the uh, the laid-back, clear end of the spectrum, it's fair to say. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, certain parts where I, I would perhaps um, emphasise a bit more than I had done in the past, with particularly in Monte Carlo, when there's so much, so much information and you want to make sure that he's heard that there's some black ice coming up or whatever. But... Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's 
a bit of a, a, a quirky nature of, of, of the sport, I guess, that yeah. um, is, uh, is quite, <laughs> everyone, everyone's different. And uh, yeah, it, that's the charm of it, I think. I, I think it is. Everyone is different. And you are very clear and, and very British. So, you know, you can imagine you, you know, calling a, a 90 right and a cup of tea with one sugar, please. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's so okay. British. It's um, it, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's OK. I think, well, maybe, maybe talking on this podcast and talking on the phone. Uh, yeah, you, you always sound slightly different to your normal voice. And I, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that my, my normal talking voice isn't quite how I read post notes. <laughs> but but maybe, but I, I only hear it only the same in my head, so maybe it's like I'm not the one to judge. But uh, but yeah, you're you're right. It's um it's it's certainly my my style to be quite uh, quite clear. I think. Well, we're loving your style. So tell me, what are you going to get up to now before Rally Turkey? Other than the the, the rallies worth of kilometres on a bike in the next few days, what is the process for Seb Marshall co-driver in the build up to an event? Um, so I shall be uh, receiving the road books shortly. Um, so I'll be spending a day or so going through those, marking them all up, um, cross-referencing with recce schedules, all the maps uh, that I've received, and just getting a feel for the event, uh, really. Um, but because, like we said, uh, for us, it's all new pace notes. There's no work to do in that sense in terms of digging out last year's and tidying up bits or rewriting sections. So in that in that part, it's actually quite straightforward but I might actually get a bit of a head start on uh, Wales and Spain which there is quite a lot in common from previous years so um, yeah you kind of always or there's always something to do um, which is you know keep keeping you busy um, and then hopefully you'll get a chance to head out on the bike and I've foolishly signed up to uh, to go to France next week to do a few more big rides so oh <laughs> like please be careful please be careful no, no, I don't do mountain biking, which is where everyone else, myself included, crashes. So don't, don't worry, I'm, I'll be good. I'm going to order some industrial strength bubble wrap for you and make sure you take that with you. We don't want anything happening to you on two wheels. No, no I, I promise I'll be careful. Good. OK. Well, Seb, thank you very much for joining us, giving us a really great insight into what you do in the co-driving seat. Enjoy the bike and we shall see you in flipping hot turkey. <laughs> thank you very much cheers Max so a big thanks to Seb Marshall and for Julian Porter for joining me today Rally Turkey is the next stop on the WRC calendar we will be there of course for the opening stage on Thursday evening remember to catch up with Shakedown on Facebook Live on Thursday morning all live will be covering every single stage as normal and after the, the incredible dramas we saw there last year, you, you really don't want to miss a minute of Rally Turkey. Could it be a pivotal event now in the title fight? It's incredible, isn't it, that uh, Oitanak has such a strong lead in the title fight as we do head into Turkey. He's on a 205 points now to Neuville's 172 with Ogier on 165 points. And things are getting interesting as well in WRC2 and our next regroup podcast which will be after turkey will be featuring the wrc2 drivers a bit of a love-in for wrc2 it's nikolai gryazin who's now leading the wrc2 category 73 points nikolai is on then it's gera on 69 and pierre louis lubay on 63 and ollie christian Vaby on 50 kaito kaitanovich is on 48 so it's an interesting mix 
heading now into the final rounds of the season in WRC2 as well. So make sure you join us for Turkey. We've heard the news in this afternoon that we won't see Elvin Evans compete in Turkey, but he will be returning to competition in Wales. And that's huge news for the M Sport driver. We're so glad that we'll see him back in action this season. It'll be Tami Soonen and Pontus Tiedemann behind the wheel of the main cars and Gus Greensmith heading back into the R5 category in Turkey. But we're all massively delighted that we will see Elvin back behind the wheel and starting back his season at home in Wales. So we look forward to hearing from you all in Rally Turkey and get in touch in the meantime on social media. All of us are checking our accounts throughout the off season so you can get in contact with any one of us and always use the hashtag WRC Live so we can have a bit of a convo because rally just doesn't stop when the rallies end for us. It does continue on and I know all you guys out there are the same as well. So thanks for listening to Regroup this time around and we'll catch you in Turkey. Yeah.